Hello and welcome back uh, to the One Life Podcast where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast and I'm joined as always by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Hi, Brett. Thank you, Sarah. I'm still glad to have this job. I was thinking about that. You know, wow. it's, uh, I, you know I've been Starting I've been the co-host off. for a while, but I can yeah. understand how you might be scanning and kind of going, do Seen I need to... Is there someone different? Someone else I don't know. in the seat. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't take it for granted. I just well, want to let you know that. Well, I appreciate you being here, Brett. I mean, I don't know if people would come on to just talk to me. So I don't know. You, yes, you might. they would, <laughs> Yes, they would. And I happen to know that. That's why I'm grateful to be sitting here. Yeah, well, thanks <laughs> so, again for letting me do right this. your coattails. Yeah. We're on episode 105. Is it really? Yeah, yeah 105. That's, that's amazing. Check it out. Uh, we've been doing this amazing. for a while now. Yeah, yeah. we have changed changed it a few times we have some different uh equipment and different kind of space we record in and kind of keep trying to make it better and um yeah so it's always fun my favorite always is just getting to hang out and talk to people so i love that we get to do that today we get to talk to uh one of our friends here someone our co-staff member sarah bauer sarah's joining us on the podcast today what's going on sarah not much. I'm just really excited about our Easter service that we had yesterday. Yeah, and that, that's right. That was great. It was. I was thinking about that, and you know, maybe that's even it's not really part of the conversation we have for this. But I was thinking about that this morning as we were talking to some people um, from our staff. We were kind of just kind of celebrating some things that happened on Easter, and I was like, you know, Easter is obviously it's a big day for church. You know, it's a big day. A lot of right. a lot of things to celebrate. I mean, it's why we meet. I mean, it's why, you know, church exists. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus because everything's different because of that. But it really is every year kind of that time where people either if they haven't been in church and obviously this past year has been very different. People really haven't been around physically, but it's a big day for community, Christian community. I yes. mean, a lot of times you see people that you don't see uh, super often or haven't seen in a while and it's just a reminder of like, "Oh, this is my church, like in reminder. It's like the Super Bowl of Sundays mm. at church. Yeah. It really is. That's right. Yes. And, and same level of crowds, and you do. You get to see people that you don't see normally. Yeah. It has been a while. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, I, I enjoyed it as well. It was a good day and um, seeing a lot of people. And then also the weather was great. I don't know. That always makes a big that difference helps, too. Yeah. And we did some cool pictures. And I saw, I think, we have we have three campuses here at One Life, and each campus had a little bit of a photo booth kind of thing set up, which was cool to see some of those oh, posted on social media. And this media. year, it was, uh, was it, you know, I love the fact that it's in the spring. I think that helps it because typically the weather is at least getting better and yeah. all that. And then we had the COVID thing uh, because last year we did not have that experience. Uh, we didn't. I mean, I sat in my car last year and honked my horn instead of clapping. I remember yes. doing that. Honk song. if you love Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so it was, it was. I'm, I'm glad we did that, but I'm glad we're back to yeah. normal. So. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Really and good. I mean, even today we wanted to bring Sarah on because oh, Sarah, we want to talk about as we've been in the series about um, restorative practices, things that have just helped us restore what feels like kind of a broken um, spirit and soul and a lot of things from the past year. And um, one of the things that Sarah's passionate about is people connecting with each other and, and community. And so um, seeing that yesterday, I felt like, wow, it's even better. Like we already had this planned, but it's kind of worked out to even think about yesterday being that, seeing that, and then having a conversation about how does that play a role into a kind of our restorative, just restoring us in this series. And so um, we wanted to bring Sarah on and just have some, some fun conversation. So that's what we get to do today. So um, Sarah, we always start out kind of t- having people tell us a little bit about themselves and um, kind of tell us a little bit, maybe your role at One Life and just some things about you. Well, I am the group's director at One Life East, and I've been in that position for the past two years. Um, 
I also uh, have an undergraduate degree in counseling and rehabilitation from Marshall University. Okay. Go herd. Oh, go and herd. Go herd. Herd H E R D. As in bison or buffalo. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry. I don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> just go herd. All right. Go yeah, herd. It just struck me as kind of comical. Go ahead. Yes, yeah. I know. It is kind of funny <laughs> People when people say yeah. go herd. Um, and I also have a master's degree from Gordon-Conwell in Christian counseling. Wow. So. And you've had some experience, like, even just doing that. Like, Yes. Uh, I did private practice in all four states that I've lived in, uh, West Virginia, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I think I realized that at one time, probably when we were interviewing you, but I had forgotten that. Yes. And thus, that's one of the main reasons that uh, we have Sarah on today, because of her experience and her background, and it seems to fit uh, the subject matter. So it's yes. not just she's on staff and we're taking turns with staff. Right. You know, we, well, we have had, yeah, that's true. We have had quite a few, but I mean, yeah, you're... you're background and experience in education and professional skills and all that match the kind of subject matter we're talking yes. about. Well, when you, when you, with, when you started thinking about wanting to go getting a master's in that, what made you want to do that? What made you want to pursue that? Um, I think several different things, uh, just life experiences of things that I've been through myself and then just wanting to help people, um, through the hard times in their life. And yeah, challenges that they face yeah because i think you know in a sense a lot of people in ministry feel like they get to do that but being able to have some actual training in some of these conversations because i mean i've been in conversations where i'm like i don't know i don't know how to respond to that yes um and being able to have a little bit of help and some tools for that man yeah it's got to be and for those who may not realize this and i don't know about marshall and go herd and all that but i do know (laughs) when in the in the in the graduate world of seminary and and that gordon conwell's kind of upper tier it's it's yeah. uh it's like it's, a harvard level sort of thing yeah. and uh, almost as good as oral roberts university not quite but it, <laughs> almost it, it's almost but not just quite right breath. right around you know tipping towards that so we don't have no it was i remember team. you you had that mm. resume i was wow okay that's that's the real deal right there yes. so everybody ought to listen up yes that's right yeah. <laughs> um okay so as we we think about you know with your um, experience here at One Life even and thinking about people interacting with people in groups. And that's something that we know is a big culture. Um, it's a big deal to have that kind of culture in a church is to be able to have people interacting with each other. Because we can say, you know, coming to service is amazing and it's a great step, but having just a group of people to do life with and grow with is so so important. Um, I know it's been important for me. Um, why is it important to you? Why is it something important other people should think is important? Well, I think it's important because groups provide an atmosphere um, for just better mental health overall. Um, I think that it becomes somewhat of a little incubator, if you will, to help people walk through all of the problems that they face. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to... Uh, do life alone, and the, and the more I've spent time in the in the New Testament, especially, and as you realize what the church is supposed to be, I always go back to the one another is one another, one another. It's the assumption throughout, and that's really what the groups thing is really all about is just kind of moving people in that one another experience, and yep. especially if they need restoration, then um, uh, that's your share of it, and hopefully you have an environment. And I know you you have a group that's that's been together how long now? Oh gosh, several years. Um, probably 
five years. Okay. I would say. And so that's time enough to, yeah. to get down deep into one another's yes. lives, I would assume. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yep. We, we help each other walk through the ups and the downs of our marriages and, um, you know, as you know, everybody has their ups and their downs in marriages, and um, we've we've really helped each other walk through those times and be vulnerable with each other and confess our weaknesses and and things like that. So yeah, it's if been you, good and for it makes that. you think like, what if you didn't have that? And that's what right. people don't see is that the kind of because you 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 can't get that from a from a sermon or just kind of listening to something right. but the interactive quality and everything it does make me wonder if you remove that what would be the state of your marriages i don't want to go into that but right. uh, it's a good question to ask cuz people don't realize that that's what's happening in living rooms around the tri state right so one thing that really um, i think is helpful for all the other group members to see when when Brian and I share the things that we're going through, they think, oh, they do that too. <laughs> like, we just had that fight this week. Mm. So it's good to see. I think that your your group leaders aren't always perfect. and Even they, if they, they went struggle. to Gordon-Conwell. I mean, Even if they went <laughs> to Gordon-Conwell. Yeah. Wow, that is. That would be. That would, that would be a shocking experience. Uh, but it's true. Yeah, you come out with those things, and it loosens people up to yes. share their own and get authentic. And yep. that's, that's how it's supposed to work. It's great. Yep. I was yep. thinking, actually, this weekend, um, I was spending some time with um, some friends, and I was like, I, I was always friends with them. And then in the last year, they were probably one of the two places I really went, like spent Aww. time with them. Um, and I was like, it really created an atmosphere to get close with people. Like, um, and maybe there was already people you were kind of doing life with. And when you kind of made that decision, I'm like, I'm going here, I'm not going anywhere else, you know, trying to be safe, trying to follow protocols and, and do all the right things. And some people that's family. I don't have family in town. Um, but you find friends that are like family. And so I think, do you think you've seen that with people that kind of decided like, these are my people I'm going to spend time with. They got Definitely. Closer. So when we lived in Pennsylvania, we had a group uh, that we were a part of, and we were we were all transplants, every single one of us, and we became like a family to mm-hmm. each other, and you know supported each other through our marriages and new babies and moving, and um, that group. Even when I went away one weekend, uh, it was while I was pregnant with Ella. And I came back, and they had painted my nursery oh for my me. Goodness. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <sighs> it was that's, that's it was a, a huge surprise. I came home, they painted it just the colors I wanted it, and it was great. Oh, wow. It was a great surprise. And yeah, part of that happens because people know you. You yes. spend time with them, and they get to know you. Um, I asked this in a question we sent you, but um, and you kind of talked about it just there. But like, how other ways have you seen your life change through? relationships, friendships, connection, because I think ultimately we say groups, we say, you know, whatever your church calls it or your community calls it, you know, we call them um, growth groups here. I didn't think about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Is it small groups? Well, that's okay. Yeah. Still the name change we did yeah. haunts us to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, growth groups in, in, you know, that's really what it is. It's just a space to do life with people, to have connection, yes. to grow friendships, to grow in faith. Um, and we want to grow. That's yes. what we call them growth groups here. But, you know, how have you seen, you know, other ways that change? 
Well, I met my husband when I was single. Really? Um, in a group, in a group that we were in, we had a great group, a lot like um, one of the groups that Brett was a part of um, years ago. Um, that was just a bunch of single people together, and a lot of us ended up meeting and getting married oh, wow. in that group. And so we all. Uh, that was a great place to be besides a bar yeah. um, to meet your spouse. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. It typically feels like a choice. That's what, yeah, the group that I was a part of, a whole lot of One Lifers, uh, uh, those who helped plant One Life came out of that group. It was yep. just a 20 something singles thing, anywhere from 50 to 100 people. And I think uh, there was one lady that counted. We had 63 marriages come out of that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, yeah. my goodness. Wow, 63? <laughs> yeah, I think that was wow. the number she, now, arrived, she arrived We at. didn't was, have that number. Because oh, yeah. it went on for several years. I mean, there was a, there was different generations of, uh, but there was an wow. older lady that she was hosting in, in her home, and she kept a journal of. Oh, man. I mean, that wasn't the purpose That's of the so thing. Cool, though. though. But incidentally, yeah, I, apparently if you, when a husband joined a growth group. <laughs> That's right. That the, it's weird. I'm in a couple groups. That's weird. Huh. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will, Sarah. No, I'm good. Right. Maybe so. They're I'm kind very, of overrated, to be honest. Well, I'll say I'm, I'm very comfortable with myself and yeah, how really. I am. Yeah, so yeah. Coming from there. a husband, good for I, you. I, I'd say it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we think about connecting with people, uh, I think about this sometimes because I think we've said this before, like, and I remember when I first started looking even for a group here at One Life, because that was my first thing. I thought, okay, if I'm going to get connected here, I'm going to connect to a group of people that I don't know very well and kind of create my own uh, space of friends. And that ended up being incredible and worked out really well. But I also remember people saying here early on, like, if you find a group, it's not the right fit for you, check out another one. There's other options. That's I've right. heard you saying this, say this before um, when you're talking about growth groups. And so I think is there a right way to connect with people? Is there a mm. wrong way to connect with people? Because I mean, I think maybe just trying and, and seeing if it fits is one way, but like, are there ways that you've seen people connect? It's like, yeah, that was the right way to do it. Or maybe a way you're like, yeah, that, try something different. Yeah. So I do tell people that if, you know, you just don't feel that it's a right fit for you, that's okay. Just try different groups. And I tell the leaders, don't be alarmed if this person doesn't come back to your group. We're just helping them find the right group for them yeah. and the right fit for them. So I've d discovered that there's two types of people, the introverts and the extroverts, which you guys probably know about. Um, and for introverts, I think it's um, trust is a very difficult thing for them. Yeah. And just being able to find at least one person in that group that they can connect with and, and kind of share more of their life with. Um, so that once they find that person that I can share a little bit more of my life with this person because I trust them for whatever reason, um, I think it makes it easier for them to open up later as they learn to trust more people in the group. And sometimes it's okay. Sometimes there are people we shouldn't trust Yeah, that for whatever reason, um, they make us feel threatened. Um, and so that's for the introvert, but for the extrovert, they sometimes have a tendency to overshare sometimes. <laughs> 
it can be the opposite problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that I can say that because I'm an extrovert and I feel very comfortable in a lot of different situations. And sometimes I overshare, sometimes I say things, but I shouldn't say. Um, So for the extrovert, I think learning to listen to other people is key for them and um, letting other people share within the group. Um, So that's what I think, you know, is as far as right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, As an extrovert, too, if you see someone wanting to avoid you, Maybe you need to tone it down a little bit. And <laughs> you, I, I won't ask if you had experience with that, but if you see somebody what is, walking the other way. Yeah, see somebody signals? walking the other way or right. um, maybe rolling their eyes when you start talking. <laughs> well, I, I have found that when it, when it comes to coaching that I've received is go into a group asking yourself what you can contribute to it. Yes. rather than what it can contribute to you. That's right? right. Go in there with a servant's mindset instead of yes. not taking an interest in others instead of hoping people will be interested in you. Right. And that's uh, yes. uh, that's typically very helpful. And if you're an yes. extrovert, you might occasionally ask a question. <laughs> Just right. occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, you know, take an interest in what someone else has to say. Yes. Whatever. And if you're an introvert, you don't want to do small talk anyway. Well, typically what I've found, I'm an introvert, so I've found that a lot of people – once you get them going, they don't have a problem talking at all. That's you right. just ask the right question, like and they can go for a themselves. half hour. Yes. <laughs> They'll just go and go and go. Yes, they and, will. And, and, <laughs> ask them one question, it's like starting a lawnmower. That's exactly right. But, you know, that takes the pressure off. If, yes. If you happen to be introverted, just go into a room and just ask somebody about their life, and yep. then you just sit back and listen. That's and right. Not a lot. That's yeah. right. Not from experience. Yeah, there's something ringing in here. Yes, that's probably my phone. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, when I'm, uh, you were saying that, first off, Brett, you're an introvert. You think you're an introvert? Oh, I know I'm an introvert. Oh, well, yeah. you didn't know that. Are you being no? You being I, I did know that. I just think okay, people will you. probably be surprised because they're like, "Oh, well, you teach on Sunday morning, so you must be an extrovert." But you know, that's well. The difference is the question you want to ask yourself if you're an introvert or extrovert is where do I get my energy from? Mm -hmm. Do I get my energy from being around other people? Does that energize me and make me happy? And I'm excited after I've gone to a group or been to church, or does it take a lot of energy from me? Okay. So if it takes a lot of energy from you, then you're probably an introvert. Okay. That's how I know I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. So if you come up and talk to Brett, so, he's yeah. like, I'm just trying to get away. I'm trying to get away. So, <laughs> man, that was draining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I've learned. I, I've, I, I do get energized by working with teams and things. I do. But uh, if if I have one social thing after the other, yeah. especially in my you line of work, I go from place mm-hmm. to place to place, I can tell, okay, I need mm-hmm. to be in a cabin somewhere and yes. just hide for a while. And then I can yeah. kind of do it again. Yes. But exactly. other people are just the the opposite. They'll go if, if they're alone, and then they, mm-hmm. they have to seek someone out. My son's a great yeah. example of that. He's um, If he doesn't seek out people, he'll wither. Right. If I am home alone by myself, I start hearing things, and I, like I want people to be there. Yeah. I, I just need that noise and that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I think I can be both. I think there's times where I'm like, I definitely – most of the time I want other people around and the other times I'm like, I need a break. I'm going to be shut off. Yes, the that's world. good too. I'm going to close the curtains. Yep. Like yes, all those a lot things. of extroverts don't realize they need that time to recharge mm-hmm. so they can be around other people. 
And it's the same with introverts too. You you realize mm-hmm. you need to be around other people. Yes. You know, just live inside your own head too much. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That'd be a guide. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, okay. I was thinking about that. Uh, this is a kind of a different question. Um, when you were talking about kind of the right and the wrong and kind of understanding, one of the things you said was um, a lot of times introverts or even people that are checking out a group or just connecting with people for the first time, they'll find one person that they kind of connect with. Yes. Um, how can we like say we're the people that are hosting, like we're someone's hosting mm-hmm. a group or hosting people. Um, how do you kind of be on the look for that? Like, how do you, cause I'm sure that's not necessarily always easy to do to kind of look for like, what can I do to connect with someone? Like, are there mm. typical questions maybe you'd ask someone to get to know them um, mm-hmm. or anything like that? Um, well, I think the standard questions like, um, do you have any kids? Are you married? Um, do you have any pets? People love to talk about their pets. Yeah. So, and a lot of, I find that a lot of introverts have cats and a lot of extroverts have dogs. Interesting. Dogs are more social. Cats are more introverted. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe we could take a poll to see how many introverts have a cat. How many extroverts We had a cat and I remember liking the fact that the cat just was kind of a low maintenance (laughs) you really you you could either ignore the cat or be with you didn't have to but the the dog we do have a dog and and the dog takes maintenance and demands attention that's right anytime i sit down she'll come up and and want to be with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah lap and all that sort of thing yeah Yeah. that's how that works um yeah i was just thinking about that i mean i I think for me a lot of times if i've been i used to work with students a lot middle school and high school students and those were always the kids that i felt like i could gravitate towards the one that were kind of off by themselves yes because not that i was like a project but i'm like that was me i know i wanted someone to come talk to me and i wasn't going to go talk to them Mm -hmm. so i'll go and be like hey you know and just kind of start just sitting and talking and like and if they don't want to talk i just sit you know until a point where it starts to become a little more comfortable um for them to either ask a question or maybe they never talk to me and i'm just that awkward person that they don't want bothering them because they don't want to be there but um i think sometimes a lot of times that's the first thing is like if you kind of making the initiative to go over and and talk to somebody yes yes or tell me something interesting you did last weekend yeah or um what's your favorite hobby or you know the thing that you like to do the most when you're by yourself yeah those are good. Mm-hmm. Those are good good opportunities there. Um, when we talk about restoration, we talk about feeling restored. Um, how does connection, like how does connection and community with people help us actually do that? So I've noticed, um, so I found this really cool thing from the Mental Health Foundation, how community affects our mental health. Um, and it says that people who are more socially connected to family, friends, or a group are happier, physically healthier, and live longer and fewer, and live longer with fewer mental health problems than people who are less connected. And it's, I thought that was really interesting um, because that's what I believe. And it was nice to see that somebody could affirm that. Um, and it's, they say it's not the number of people Mm. that you're connected to, but the quality of those relationships Mm. that you're connected to. So I noticed Sarah, the older I get, the fewer, very close friends that I have, they, they see me for who I am and accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a thing where I feel like I have to have 30 friends to 
feel connected and loved. So um, it's, but the friendships that I do have are very good quality friendships. And part of that, I mean, probably feels like when you can just be yourself, that feels like rest yes. in a sense. Yes. Like you show up at someone's house and you can be in your sweatpants or, you know, whoever, you know, that's what yes. I think of is rest to me. Like, can I go to my friend's house and take a nap? Like, yes. can I be at their that's house? Yeah, yeah. And just be there. Um, and, but there are people that you kind of still have acquaintance with and you're like, maybe I see them a couple times a year. Um, yeah. but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen research like that, that and, and it takes the pressure off in, in a sense. Like, if you feel what what do you need to feel connected? Where it, well, it's not knowing thirty people. It's not going to parties That's all right. the time. It's not. It is. It is having just a few, two, you know, one, two, three, mm-hmm. deep, truly deep, close friends. That that's what you ought to be going yes. for and even nurturing because right. that gets you those health benefits and right. All that sort of so stuff, and I tell group leaders don't don't feel threatened if you see a group member in your group that's not real connected to you, they might be connected um, closely to someone else in the group. And that's great. That's a great Mm -hmm. thing because someone else in the group is serving as that person that they need to speak to and talk to about things. So, you know, different personalities will mesh better than others. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always liked the, the name small groups because they, by definition, are small. You know, yes. I've been in groups that were, I remember there were four guys uh, that I used to meet with years ago that we met every week, and we became very close, and it was yeah. just the four of us, and, yeah. and that's okay. If, yeah. You know, Jesus said two or three are gathered, so, that's uh, right. and I think that's important as you're looking for restorative practices. It's not about being a part of some big social thing. It's more about just finding good, solid trustworthy connections uh even on small levels yep yeah yep yeah so everybody needs to do that so we're changing the name to small groups is that what you're saying (laughs) i'm okay with that (laughs) that did cross my mind like yes we are just to make everybody completely uh it's so hard to say growth group it really is it doesn't double gr yeah we used to call them life groups i have been tempted a number of times just to go back to that but i I couldn't face that life groups they do and that's one of the reasons i did it because it just rolls off the tongue and it Mm -hmm. does to this day for many people and so i've thought about changing it just haven't done it yet yeah lobby for it well that's another podcast. We'll just have a, we'll just turn on the mics and have a brainstorm of all that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, one of the things you, you had actually sent us some answers, which first of all, thanks, Sarah. That's really nice. You're send, welcome. Like some of the answers, some You're of those welcome. questions, so we can process through them. And and one of the things you were talking about in the the answer to this question, which I think is really fascinating, you said that the people that you're close with, you know, the people that help us restore, the people that ask us the hard questions. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that, because I'm sometimes I feel like I'm not supposed to but you say that people really want that. Right. I think when people are putting themselves out there by going to a group, um, oftentimes with people they don't know, um, you know, it's a new situation and they're walking into that, um, you know, not knowing a lot of the people in the group. Um, I think they're asking questions like, I want you to ask me the hard stuff. If I'm struggling with my teenager, you know, what what are some of the questions we can ask those people? How are you building bridges with your teenagers? Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's struggling in their marriage, you know, you can ask them, what are you doing to build bridges with the, with the person that you're struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, issues of unforgiveness and things like that, you know. I think that people really want to be challenged spiritually and that in going to a group 
helps do that and says, hey, I want to grow. I, yeah. I want to be a better person. Yeah. Because you, I mean, that's how you learn how other people experience yes. life is different than the way you experience it. And you're going to learn from that. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. I've heard in, in different relationships, uh, if, if you're not disagreeing some, one of you isn't necessary. <laughs> so, that's right. Because it's just, otherwise it's just group think to the point where other people are just mm-hmm. thinking your thoughts after you and, and there's not any growth. There's not any stretch. There's not any push. That's right. I think there's a difference between healthy conviction and feeling guilt or shame yeah. when you go to a group, you don't want a group that, um, makes you feel shameful when you leave. But I think there is such a thing as healthy conviction. Um, and that, and the way, you know, the difference I think is, um, is it in the Bible? You know, is this something that Jesus talks about? Is this something, um, you know, when Jesus uses all the parables in the Bible to teach us things, um, you know, does that compare to how my leader or other group members in the group are, mm. you know, saying those things? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the difference to me. Is this from God or is this from man? Yeah. And I think that's a good kind of segue to another question. And, and we kind of have to ask this because we're talking about so far, mostly Christian community. Um, but there might be community that we're in that's not good for us. Um, right. We're in connection with groups of people that maybe isn't helping us either spiritually, mentally, um, just grow in general. Um, how do how do we know? How do we know if we are? Like, is there a way to kind of gauge that? Because a lot of times we're probably like, no, it's great. And then you're like, actually, that's really bad for you. If we're in unhealthy or healthy community? Yeah. Well, I kind of listed out some things that I think – reminded me of healthy community. Um, so healthy community is the people or the group members accept you as you are. Um, you don't need to change for them to welcome you. You, you can come in your sweatpants yeah. and your, uh, Oral Roberts t-shirt and they will That's just right. and take a nap. You take a nap just yeah. like right. you are. And they won't, yeah, they um, <clears throat> the people in the group or the team are open about the good and the bad in their lives. So we don't just all talk about bad. We don't all talk about the good things. It's mm. it's a good it's mix. A balance. Yes. Um, they respect your boundaries and allow you to open up at your own pace. So if you have an introvert who's not quite ready, don't push them to open up until they are ready. Mm. Um, as far as unhealthy, I think you want to be cautious of a leader who demands respect or authority. Um, that's a red flag. Um, if you feel fear or shame, we talked about that when you are with those people, um, and not respecting individualism, um, you know, you might have a mix of people who are politically polarized in your group yeah. so we yeah, want to respect this last year yes yes um and expect expectations of feeling like you need to share something you're not ready to share um so that would be an unhealthy group yeah i was thinking about that i mean i mean it's a, a little bit of a different conversation but i mean we've seen um different christian leaders kind of have things come up in their life that kind of pull them away from this and it's like even talking about cautious of a leader who demands this respect or authority and i'm not saying that all did that but there's a sense of that feeling of some of these people that you're like you weren't allowed to ask questions you know you weren't allowed to kind of question some of those things that's one thing i love is that i question bread all the time so (laughs) (laughs) um and and that's been i think it does make a valuable make to feel like that your 
you're heard, you're respected in those things. Um, and that feels more like a healthy community. But yeah, I, I think, I think the not respecting individualism is definitely something that you could spend a lot of time discussing because it is yeah. hard. Um, you know, I mean, I think all of us have kind of asked different questions maybe we've ever asked in the last year. I mean, so many people were so volatile and so many different conversations. You felt like you couldn't say anything um, if it was dis different. Um, and, you know, it's just really interesting to think of that we don't always think of. Then you're not creating a space where people can actually connect with each other. That's right. That's right. Yep. You want to hear people out, even if you disagree with them, you know, just hear someone else's viewpoint and affirm them and, you know, find find the common things that you do agree on and have healthy conversations around what you don't agree on. It's OK. Yeah. Because typically people's um, they're, they're let's say the political thing. You're the one that mentioned it, not me. Sure. Uh, but. It, sometimes it's a part of their journey, uh, th yep. their story. Uh, first of all, their background. Yep. I mean, I was raised a certain way around certain political ideas that I just kind of got into my system because that's the way I was raised. But someone who is wise would would f you know kind of get that out of me. Like, what was your journey like? And, and I'm, I need to be the same way right. instead of just arguing the point. Yes, be like you know, tell me where that came from. Yes. You why know, do so, you believe that? Yeah. Why do you believe that? What was your journey mm -hmm. like? Because, uh, you know, I thought very differently politically when I was in mm -hmm. college than I do now. And so I've had different things happen in my life that were kind of light bulb moments for me and that maybe shift over. Uh, so if you take an interest in another, another person for who they are, rather than this simple little belief that they have or something, sometimes you can go a lot further than that. Yes. But I think that's one of the ways we can at least um, get to that kind of, environment that's a lot more accepting when it comes to those that list is really good you gotta, we gotta post that or something yeah right. we'll put it in the show notes running. okay yeah. good so check out the show okay notes we can that. do that you're not going to disagree with me about that right now you're not going to question me about that no okay good right. <laughs> just rewrite it <laughs> <That's what> I, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know you can <laughs> thanks brett um yeah that's a whole great conversation i feel like you know giving people even because that's what's one thing we want to do with the, with the podcast and continue asking questions is give people um you know kind of practices and tools in their tool belt we kind of say a lot around here is is what are things they can do in those and I think that's just a good way to ask I know personally I had someone come to me recently and said hey I feel like I can't speak you know um what I'm thinking because I'm going to be treated a different way and I was just like mm. I didn't even like that just doesn't process in my brain but I didn't realize <laughs> the way I was responding things even just responding to them maybe I wasn't directly saying you can't say that just the way I respond to them or not responding to them sometimes right. um created an atmosphere where they felt like they couldn't share themselves even if we disagree um, right so um it's it's good to kind of be able to and I to me I felt like that's a really healthy conversation to be able to have with somebody yep um okay so we don't want to talk about Obviously, the last year, we created a lot of conversations digitally. Yes. I've had a lot of digital lot. community. Yeah. I just <laughs> popped up, you know, the Facebook memories. This is like, you know, one year later. And it was my, one of my groups. And I had taken a screenshot of all of us. And I was like, that was one year ago. It doesn't wow. feel like it was that far, it that long ago. And yet it feels like it was ages ago. Because we've mm -hmm. met a few times in person since. And it's been great. Um, what, what are your thoughts on digital community connection, seeing people that way? Well, uh, when we first started with Zoom, um, out of necessity, I think, through COVID, um, I thought, wow, this is so cool that we can connect this way. You know, this is 
technology is amazing. And so I'm actually a part of a group that meets every other Tuesday night. It's, it's a little goal setting group for women and we all come together and through zoom and we have a woman from Curacao. Have you ever heard of Curacao? I have not. It's, it's an island, a uh, beautiful island. So we have a woman from there and a woman from New Zealand in oh. that group. Um, we have people from Seattle and Chicago and kind of everywhere. And it is so cool. I would not have met those women any other way. Um, so it was just something I kind of put out on a Facebook group that I'm in and I said, Hey, let's meet together for some accountability to our goals. And people just started signing up. It was oh, so wow. neat. Oh, that you happened. started that group? I did. Oh, wow. And I you did. got people from yeah. all over the world joining it. It is oh, really cool. Yeah. So, um, for that reason, I think it's great. I, th- I think that that enables us to, um, meet together when we, we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, and it's been good for me as far as seeing other cultures and how they do things. Um, and, and so I like it for that reason. Um, it's also helped, I know through grace marriage, when we had to meet over zoom, um, it was good for the parents who had kids, small kids, Mm -hmm. because they were still able to attend without, you know, um, having to find a sitter and that sort of thing. So that was really neat. Um, I found some research on Zoom, and they're finding that um, there is such a thing called virtual fatigue, and even though it doesn't have a formal diagnosis. But I found that the, the women in that group who live in bigger cities, they're still very much doing everything by Zoom. Mm-hmm. Their work meetings, their friendship meetings, their family meetings. You know, there's, in, there's one girl in Seattle that um, she said, I basically haven't been out of my house. So she was real excited to get her vaccine and be able to get out of the house. But they're finding that virtual fatigue and the reason um, it's becoming such a problem is because when you think of Zoom, um, you have the excessive amounts of close eye eye contact like every day it's like looking in a mirror all day long so you're constantly having to make sure your hair's right yeah and everything's right giving the thumbs up and you know constantly it's like you're on camera all day long yeah. um so none of us really signed up to be news anchors all yeah. day long i don't <laughs> think so um it reduces your mobility you can't get up and move mm-hmm. around you're kind of in a fixed spot of having to you know think about that all having to work like that all day long. Um, and so just those are some of the things that um, are causing that. And I think for that reason, it's good to start meeting in person. Even if we have to wear masks and be six feet apart from each other, I think that is better than having to be on Zoom all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad they quantified some of that because we all know it exists. And yes. there's always something I can't put my finger on. Uh, because I, I was probably guilty of being more annoyed with it than I should be over time. Yeah. That's like, I, I don't want to do this. But I have no, I was, I started doing some comparisons like, what's the difference between an in person meeting and a Zoom meeting? And some of it's just the dynamics of the interaction. Yeah. Uh, because if you're in a meeting with 12 people, you can kind of sub interact with three people over here. Yes. Just, it, 
with a joke or, or just right. uh, or ask about their family, the person sitting right next to you, you can whisper something to them or whatever else, and you lose all of that. And like you yes. said, it is like, I like that way of saying it. We're all being news anchors. Yeah, which, right. And you can all, it's this very two-dimensional yep. uh, interaction. And so that would be straining. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, not that it's bad. Again, right. uh, you know, I meet with people from around the country too. Right. And, and that's, that's really cool. You can do that, but it doesn't, it doesn't replace. It's just kind of a bonus track. That's right. I guess in some sense. I remember when we had our first staff meeting in person, how good that felt. Mm-hmm. I could oh, say, yeah. oh, it feels so good to do that. Brett's phones are getting uh, I am so sorry. Oh. Hi, Brett's phone. <laughs> I feel so. Uh, here I Somebody started the whole thing by saying you. I'm so glad to be in this seat and I don't take it for granted and I might lose it any time because I'm messing up the sound. of. But uh, there's One, a whole story behind that. Finish your thought, yeah. Sarah. I'm sorry. No, that was it. That was okay, it. Okay, I'm good. finished. Uh, yeah, what it was when we got back together in one room, there, there yes. was something to, I don't even know what that is because. Mm-hmm. It felt so good. Yeah, but technically, you know, we had been meeting. Yes. But, that was another dimension that couldn't be, uh, uh, you know, mimicked by uh, by Zoom. I don't know what that is, yeah. but it is something for yeah. sure. Yep. Well, you're able to see people's body language and just, um, you know, there is something about face-to-face contact yeah. that is just amazing. I mean, otherwise, why would my group, my Zoom group that I was just sharing about, we're planning to meet together oh, in cool. a common place next year. On and the island? Are you going to the island? Ooh, that would be a be great fun. idea, Sarah. I join that group we, real fast. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think our group member would be very happy about that if we all came to the island to be with her. <laughs> so, um, yes. I, why else will we feel the need to do that? Yeah. We have each other on Zoom, but there is something about that face-to-face connection of yeah. meeting each other that does something for the soul i yeah. think that's true that's definitely true I, I i remember though as you were saying that right so i was in a, a virtual group for a little while and it was great i enjoyed it a lot because i needed that i needed some connection yep. and community um but it was like as soon as some people started meeting in person it was like the virtual group kind of just went you know because it was like yeah we could do that but it's easier to just not mm-hmm. do it now um yeah which is really interesting to think of but also I still have to point this out. We still say Zoom. Like, we stay Zoom. Like, that happens so fast. Like, it's yeah. become a verb. Um, and, yeah. I mean, what happened to Let's Skype? Zoom. What happened to Skype? I need what to know What happened this. to yeah. it? It was so yeah. big. Yeah. Well, well, so yeah, the people Zoom. at Skype are asking themselves the yeah. same question. It I had think. some issues. Yeah, did it? Yeah. 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 Um, all but all the, all the videos. Man. Yeah. All those little video interactions. But, no, it's, it's really <laughs> great information. Thank you for um, bringing that. And, um yeah, so uh, just a couple more questions as we wrap up. I think, um, you know, during the pandemic, we talked about a social isolation and and what, for some people, that's going to be really hard. It's becoming hard for them to kind of get back into seeing people, being around people. There's some fear there. There's still some just, but I think for some people who are just like, I was so used to this routine, <laughs> um, like what does that like um, kind of getting back into that? Like we slowly getting back to face-to-face more connections. Yeah, I think I've noticed, like even in my own little world, how how difficult it is once you get used to not being around people, how much harder it is for you to force yourself mm. to be around yeah. people again. Um, 
I have a girl in one of my groups that struggles with anxiety and she did before the pandemic and the pandemic made that worse for her Mm. because, oh, this gives me a great excuse to stay home now and isolate. And she said it became suffocating to her. And she had to meet with somebody from the church to say, help me through this. Help me get from my couch back to the front door of the church. Yeah. And so she agreed to meet her at the front door of the church, literally meet her (laughs) at the front door of the church and just be with her so she could help overcome that part of her anxiety of Mm -hmm. being around people again. Um, And, you know, we need to keep in mind that there are people out there that's a a big reality for them right now, you know, that they're struggling with anxiety or depression. And it's just, it's hard for them to be around people again. You get used to being by yourself. Yeah. And in, in, I think taking some of the things you've said already, two parts of that, like one, respecting people's boundaries there. Like if, yeah. you know, if it's still awkward for them, it's okay. But then also asking them some of the hard questions of like, keep asking, keep showing up, right. keep encouraging and, and creating a small space. Maybe it's just meeting them outside first and then right. creating a space to where they want to, uh, whether it's church or other places, you know, just connecting and face-to-face right. spaces. So that's good. Um, I know, um, one of the things that you're passionate about and advocate for is healthy marriages and a part of, of a leading grace marriage um, at one of our campuses. Um, I know obviously marriages have to be a conversation that um, people are trying to figure out, like, is it created more time together uh, in the last year? What are some resources or things you could give to people for that? Yeah. So some books that I like to recommend to people, and I think that Ryan and Cynthia talked about this very book when they talked, um, was The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It's a classic, and it's a very easy read and something I think is really practical for couples. Um, Another good one is Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Um, And we found in our couples enrichment group, uh, we've listened to several um, videos by Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle. They, they have two really great series on marriages. You can just YouTube those and um, show them in your group. Um, So those are, those have created some really good conversations in our groups. Cool. So, yeah. And I've also used material by John Gottman. Um, I like some of his stuff, some of his stuff I don't necessarily agree with, but. um, Cool. We need to have a whole thing on what you don't agree with. Which ones do you agree with? Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, uh, we won't. Not now, maybe someday. I see you've got some things here for parenting too, some resources yes, for that. Yes, so for parents, um, I love Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Um, they both have great senses of humor, and mm. um, they're, they're just really good with the boundary stuff with kids and teens and that sort of thing. Um, I think sometimes parents are afraid um, to set boundaries with yeah. their kids. You know, what's going to happen if I'm not my kid's best friend? Well, um, So... Um, I think they have some really good stuff. Um, there's a book called Grace Based Parenting that's good, and one that's definitely more conservative. I mean, you know, when you have to, when you read books on parenting and marriage and everything, you know, take the stuff that you think is good and kind of let the other stuff go. But the one that um, I read when my kids were little was Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. It's okay. really good. Wow. So. Um, those are my recommendations, Sarah. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Um, sure. Brett, there's always, there's a question we've been asking everyone at the end. Do you, do you remember what it is? 
the end of the end of the, the, <laughs> the last three weeks or yeah, the last, just the, uh, I think you started it a few weeks I ago. Did? Yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> I was going to have you ask it. Um, you were? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't Okay, when you answer it, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, if you could give people one restorative practice to start with today, um, what would it be? Like right. if there's, okay. Oh, yeah. yes, so question. I have to choose one. It doesn't have to be one. Maybe you give us a okay. couple. Okay, okay. Totally. All right, well, the best restorative practice I've found is just journaling out my prayers to God. Um, and being able to look back on those and see how he's answered. Mm. It's just been amazing. Um, I keep a little journal by my little chair that I sit in in the morning, and um, I don't write in it every day, but those days when I really need it, I I will do that, and I'll look back and see how he's answered through everything. It's really cool to see through COVID how he answered some prayers. Yeah. I love taking vacation, Sarah. I love it. And I love getting out in nature. And, yeah. Um, those are two of my top two restorative practices. Um, as far as people-based uh, restorative practices, um, we, in our group, we just really get a lot out of sharing prayer requests with each other. That's where we get real with each other. And this is what's really going on in my life. And this is what I need prayer for. Yeah. So it's simple. You know, yeah. I mean, in a sense, those things are simple sometimes. it's, But it's also, um, you know, kind of bearing part of yourself when you share some of those things, too. That's so, right. Yeah. And the key is to be intentional about them, though. Yeah. You know, that I am I sharing prayer requests with people in a group setting? Am I doing that? I have that in my life. And right. if the answer is no, then I need to move in that direction. It's right. easy to take for granted. But, uh, or am I getting out in nature enough? Mm-hmm. Am I setting aside time to do vacations or am I journaling? Uh, That's ultimately, right. it's kind of intentionality at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely is. I always feel better after I do those things. Yeah. I need a vacation. <laughs> yes, you do, Sarah. Where are you going to go? Well, I just had one, so I can't yeah. knock that. I think you do. Yeah. Someday. Um, start planning one. Yeah. Um, Sarah, this is great. Thank you for coming on and sharing some well, sure. of experiences. And uh, Sarah's a great um, just asset to not only the One Life team, but just, you know, the community of people that you get to be with. So thank you for coming and sharing some of that with us. And um, I didn't ask this, but I'm sure she'd be willing to. If you guys have any questions or any other thoughts, anything like that, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Um, or uh, again, you can you know comment anywhere that you see this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you're listening right now. Um, but I always appreciate the feedback. It allows us to know like what are the things that have been impactful for you. Um, I did have someone send an email. I said I was going to lead with that. I totally forgot. Um, but they said that they just really appreciated all the episodes. They've listened mm-hmm. to every episode and they asked for a mug because Brett said that on the episode. He goes, if you listen to all of them, you get a mug. Oh, <laughs> oh I did. Okay. Okay, yeah, we better come gave, up with a mug. Oh, I gave her Podcast one. Mug. Oh, you did? Okay, it was like a Miami mug. Dolphins mug or something. It was, it <laughs> I did have one of those as a kid. That's another story. Oh, okay, good. I burned it up. Right. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it was a One Life mug. So we had a couple of those around, and so I ended up giving her that. Yeah, Sarah, thanks again for being on. Brett, anything to close with? Well, we are continue. We were going to end the series on Easter, but we extended it another three weeks so, just so we can have this conversation even deeper. So yeah, uh, just keep tuning in and, and again, be intentional about it because that's why we're doing this to try to equip everybody. Yeah, and we've got a, a few things coming up. You know, at One Life, we, we um, recently... Um, kind of showed our um, spiritual formation path and there we have a knowledge side and a practice side and we also have kickstart which is the first thing we ask everyone to go through if you're part of one life um, we have a new kickstart coming up at all of our campuses soon we have uh, on the knowledge side we have uh, christian worldview 201 coming up which is just kind of fundamentals basics of the christian faith and that's going to be virtual so even if you're not a part of one life you want to be a part of that um 
totally check that out. Carolyn's great. She was on the podcast a few weeks ago. She's going to be leading that. Um, and then uh, we have Centered, which is a series that we did a few years ago here at One Life Church, and we turned it into a class that kind of talking through and, and exploring some of the most important and meaningful questions of life. And then on the practice side, some things like Grace Marriage, the next um, installment, next uh, weekend, or I guess it's just one day, yeah. uh, it's coming up uh, at both our Henderson campus and East campus. And then many ways you can connect with Sarah about groups yeah. and teams. So um, thank you guys for being a part and thanks for listening and we will see you next time.